Hope you won some money in the Super Bowl. Pow. Wait. That's not until next week. <laughs> next week, I hope you win some money on the Super Bowl. <laughs> Friday in the Garage. I'm Corey Cope. I'm Freddie Woff. And uh, we got a kickstart Monday for you. It, even though things seem to be coming sporadically, and that has something to do with my schedule for Super Bowl and your schedule for prepping uh, for shoot. And yeah, and you guys start today. Yeah, man. I'm probably, you know, I'm probably three hours into my uh, day and we haven't even started shooting. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, uh, yeah, we start shooting today, this morning. That's crazy, dude. Because it, it, what's funny is that because when would you guys have started shooting if there weren't those delays back in December? The thirteenth, two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. So the two weeks you got pushed, exactly the two weeks that you're making up for now. Yeah, totally. I mean, thank God. I mean, it would it, it would you know it would be the same thing. We would have just not. I was wouldn't have had a Christmas vacation. I wouldn't have come home. <laughs> right. That would have been terrible. So, no, so anyway, so it's uh, less than a week away from the Super Bowl, and we have our teams. We have our matchup. And, right. And uh, whether you care about the sports or not, we're not going to spend a lot of time on this. It's going to no. be brief because it's topical because and it's what I do for a living yeah, you know, presently. And and we're both, well, we're both loose fans. You're, you're more of a fan than I am. I'm just kind of a fan by osmosis of being around it all the time. You're right. I mean, I, I do, uh, I don't follow it. As much as I used to. Well, this season, not so much. Um, but, uh, you know, I did grow up, you know, during the glory years of the 49ers up north. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, I'm kind of used to that whole 49ers thing. So, right. <laughs> if you saw their game against the Packers, I mean, what do you say about that? The, there's, no, there's nothing to say about it. The, they went second and third string <laughs> from the second half on. And that's the only reason that Green Bay ever got on the board. It yeah, was, man. It was total. This is what I was saying two weeks ago when we were first chatting about it. When we, we didn't even have our, we had our, did we even have our final four? No, we just don't know. We did. We just finished the wild card at that point. And I was saying, dude, no one's beating the Niners. And they showed exactly why with that Packers game. It was just total domination. And the only reason they, you know, they didn't, they didn't take their foot off the gas. They just brought a different group of guys and they were, they're playing their second, third strings against the you know the Packers top top uh, offerings. That's that's what happened, and that's why they were able to kind of claw their way back. That score is not any indication of what that game really was. No man, that score they they, they got those last two. Those were like gimme, yeah. you know. <laughs> right? It's they, they couldn't they couldn't <laughs> stop the run to save their no. life. I mean, what did Garoppolo throw six passes? The right, <laughs> and just when they got yeah, and just when they got so used to that, he just goes, "All right, I'll throw one now just to fuck with them." <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, but they just could not stop the run. They had no, no answer for it. So, and that's and that yeah. was and that goes back to the Montana Rice days. That's exactly that's yeah. how they kill people. Totally. Yeah, Roger Craig. Out of the backfield, 
I loved watching. I loved watching Rice just on the sideline, just just gobbling it up, just standing on the sideline, just watching. You know his franchise, it just demolish, make mincemeat of a team. It's a pretty damn good team. They're not terrible. <laughs> it's just that the Niners are fairly unstoppable at this point, and I really don't think that Kansas City or anybody else in this league is capable of beating them at this stage. Too much confidence rolling in. Yeah, and the you know I mean the thing about the 49ers is they play both sides of the ball really well. Yes, um, you know, I mean that's the way you know they built that team. Right. to do exactly what they do. It's so crazy. It's like, you know, you hear about that, like, hey, we're building a team to play, you know, hard school, old school defense. Right. And we're also building run the ball and pass when we have to. And well, but they actually, they did. <laughs> right. And that's, and then that's, this is why people have trouble with their, with their squads because their defense can score too. There's, it's not, yeah. it's kind of like, um, there's certain, some of the best hockey players in the NHL, are forwards like defensemen are forwards that used to be I'm sorry, they're defensemen that used to be forwards. And like Drew Daddy for the LA Kings, he was a, a forward when he, in his younger career in his younger career. But when I, when he went to juniors, I think that's when he switched to D. But that's the thing is that when you got guys that are playing defense that can get in there and surprise the shit out of you when they need to, that's exactly what the Niners have. They have that kind of D where you just like you can't be sloppy with your passing. And if you're going to go for a running game, you're going to get stopped because how many, I mean, how much total yardage do they have uh, on the ground for oh, Green God, Bay? I, it was something obscenely low. Oh, then that's like right. that what is all season for even the games the Niners lost this year. It was the, the minuscule. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. they, they weren't beat by, you know, they weren't beat by the run. I mean, they got in a couple of shootouts, but you know, every, yeah, Everybody has an off day, but they, I mean, that's the second, they, they own Green Bay this year. I mean, they, you know, they blew them out. Right. Was it week, week 11 or whatever? I mean, so, I mean, you know, sometimes teams are, you know, teams are built specifically to stop other teams. And it feels like, you know, Green Bay was a team that, you know, the Niners were like, they're not going to beat us. And they just, no. they did, they didn't. I don't even, did Green Bay even run the ball? Um, they I mean, tried I, I, to. <laughs> right, I mean, they tried the first quarter, but I mean, they got pounded, and then I mean, they were all over Rogers, man. He didn't really. I mean, besides the two hail mary, you know, kind of late passes. I mean, what? I mean, he was just hammered all day. I, I was shocked, you know. Right. I hadn't seen him hit the ground that much, right? You know, all season it was, you know, hey man, hats off to the Niners. Yeah, yeah. I th- I think by the time our next Kickstarter is out in the world, it's. It's going to be, you know, those Super Bowl champions are going to be already been decided. And I don't have a hard time believing when something happens crazy between now and this Sunday. It's it's going to be the 49ers winning their first championship since when? Uh, 96. The, with Steve 96. Young, like when Steve oh, Young, right, uh, Steve Young. Six, six touchdown game against San Diego. That is right. Yeah, it's, it's been so, I can't believe how long it's been for them. That's a long time. 20 almost 25 years <laughs> honestly i mean I, right. I was thinking of it. i remember watching that at some i don't even remember whose house but it was in northridge it was somebody i met like one time and somebody invited me to a party at somebody else's house it was bizarre and i remember i was the only niners saying there because they were they were all from san diego <laughs> wow 
Yeah. <laughs> Woo! Good now, times. Right. And there's something Who I brought wanna, this fucking guy. Right. This is something I kind of want to go over to. Um, the Niners lost three total games during the regular season. And what's important to point out is even including the four preseason games, they only lost four. They, at that point, I think, they, yeah, they had won eight in a row in the regular season. They had they won um, week uh, week one through nine. Week four was their bye week. There were some games that just weren't even close. I mean, like, we were talking about blowouts. I mean, they blew up the Panthers 51-13 in week eight. I mean, that's just it's absurd. It's absurd. But here's what's crazy. So week 10 when they lost to Seattle, it was overtime, 24-27. So there's that. Then they lost to Baltimore in week 13 by three. It was a, it was a fucking field goal, 17-20. Yeah. And then they lost to Falcons. That was the only game that they lost that was more than three points, and that was uh, 22-29. And at that point, that, right. made them, that made them 11-3. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Well, that's, yeah, I mean, it's funny. Like, uh, they had one of, you know, they sneak. It seemed like they had a sneaky sort of 13-3 and three year, if that's possible. Like, right. I mean, it's funny because even though they were they they led the NFC West for almost the entire season, right. everybody still kept talking about Seattle and because we live in LA, I'm sure that's why everyone was talking about the, the Rams. But the, right. I mean, the Rams, you know, sort of imploded <laughs> like yeah. this season. What a difference a and, year um, makes, right? Right. Last year we were talking about how they robbed the Saints and almost beat the Patriots. <laughs> right. <laughs> Almost. Or no, they didn't even come to cl- they, they didn't, didn't come close, right? They just they took didn't. a big shit. It was the worst, most boring Super Bowl I've ever had. I've ever yeah. seen. It was terrible. It was. It was. You know, we had a bunch of Rams fans in the house and at work, and so it was like, yeah, people were a little bummed by it, but you know, it, whatever. But this team, man, this I just don't. I just don't think they're beatable. And yeah, dude, it's like. Oh, by the way, and they did, and and, and we should point out, Casey and. And San Francisco did meet up at one point this year, but it was just a preseason game. Uh, it was game right. uh, It was game three of the preseason, and they beat them, beat the KC 27-17. Now, again, it's just, I mean, I put a little more, it's still preseason, but I'm still going to give a little more gravitas to the fact that it was the third game as opposed to the first game. I mean, if it was the fourth game, I'd be, I, I, I would give it granted a little more, Right, a little more weight because at that point, I'm like, well, that's, that's your final squad basically at, at week four. Um, of, the, of the preseason because I mean because then a week later you're you're in it you're playing and uh, ironically they, they lost the last preseason game against the Chargers <laughs> yeah totally <laughs> which but, is again but they lost to them by three it, <laughs> it's just yeah I mean there was there's not a whole lot of flaws here in their team I mean the, 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 no. the chance you know if they can contain Mahomes yeah uh, you know that, but that's, that's but that's the key. That's the big thing. I mean, it's just, you know, no different than the situation against the Packers. You know, yeah, totally. you got Aaron Rodgers. It's, I don't know how that dude does it, but he does it, and he does it. <laughs> yeah, well, he, yeah. He's yeah. Anyway, so yeah, I I, I say that uh, a week from you listening to this, if you're listening to the date released, uh, I think San Francisco 49ers are going to be your new Super Bowl champs for Super Bowl. I think it's fifty three. What are we up to now? Fifty three. Fifty four. I'm going to go, uh, oh, God, is it? That's, that's terrible. 54. And there's 100 yeah. seasons of football, which I still think is bullshit. <laughs> right. um, but, uh, yeah, well, there you have it. So, you know, I'm going Niners uh, yep. just because I have to. Right. Um, there you go. Yeah. 
let's get back. Let's have some fun with it. Talking about some not sports. Everyone's like, oh my God, these fucking guys with their sports. You guys Maybe. have turned into sports talk. <laughs> Shit. Hey, man, if the sports guys can talk about movies and TV, then... Right. Dude, if, if I have to listen to John Ireland and that other idiot, what's his name? Mason in Ireland. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Clowns. I, I don't listen to them, but I'm, I'm, I am aware. Yeah, I don't listen to them either. It's, you know, that guy's just, he's, you know, he might as well be Joe Buck. Um, <laughs> actually, just, he makes he yeah. makes me like Joe Buck or miss Joe Buck. <laughs> oh, geez. He's that terrible, huh? <laughs> yeah. All right, let's anyway, let's, let's get right. off this four stock. Right, right. Uh, so uh, in between us talking last, um, I introduced the the offspring to crawl. Oh boy, how was that, Alex? I, he, oh yeah, yeah. It was so funny because I when when Joey starts getting nervous about with horror movies or, or anything to that 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 ilk where the drama is being ramped up, he gets super talkative. I know what's going to happen, and or he'll start asking questions like he's getting nervous about it. Right, and I'm like so. It was like that throughout the whole movie, and it was really funny watching his reactions to stuff. And I was doing my best not to look at him. I've seen the movie three times, so I was trying not to give anything away. But I didn't want him to see his peripheral that I was looking at him for a reaction. I wanted—I didn't want to give anything away because there are a lot of scares that are framed in untraditional ways, and that's why they get you. They right and. You know, he's 13. He hasn't had a whole lot of his cinematic vocabulary isn't as defined as somebody who's been around watching movies for 50 years. But he, oh yeah, he loved it, man. He, he, I mean, he loved the shit out of it. I mean, then we afterwards, we watched the behind the scenes, which I've been touting for months since the Blu-ray came out. And he just was just in awe that they were able to do what they did. And, and he, but he just loved it. And actually I liked it more. Again, that was my fourth time watching it. And I liked yeah, it man. more than I did any other time just because I got to share it with him. And he really just, he really dug it. And and when you see a movie like that, that wasn't particularly expensive, well, relatively speaking anyway, and, you know, they went over to Serbia to shoot. And it's got all those things working against it because it's not a big movie. It's not, it wasn't expected to do well. It did well. And, but when you see the BTS and how they shot a lot of the basement stuff, that it was just in this warehouse with the houses. I mean, dude, I couldn't believe that one shot. That one shot where she's got the gas station on the left and she pulls up while it's just it's still, you know, puddles everywhere and it's raining. And she's making this U-turn to go towards the house. That was a that was on a, in a warehouse. And I couldn't believe that was inside. I was so fooled. And I say this every time I watch it because it was just blew my mind. But there's that stuff um, when they're shooting, shooting the stuff with the basement. Basically, there was no ceiling. They would just lift up stuff and drop the cameras in or lift things up and talk to the actors or whatever they're doing. I was just, it's just like with uh, Bad Times at El Royale, the BTS really just makes me enjoy the movie. I mean, if, I, if I was teetering saying it was okay to good, I fall in the good category because then I can start recognizing how difficult something was or some achievement that they pulled off. I didn't, that I, I come on, man. We're both so well versed in everything and yet, I got fooled and I get, and then I, now I know better seeing it four times. I still get fooled. Oh yeah, man. It's that, that movie. I, I can't wait to have a chance to actually sit down and watch that fucking thing again. I mean, I haven't, it's been on my radar since I got here. I just haven't had really a moment to sit and enjoy it. Like when I get home, yeah. kind of too tired really to uh, focus on it. Like, even though it's like a nice kind of mindless kind of movie to enjoy, but I, I kind of want to see it 
like when I'm more engaged because I, I re- it's, it's a movie. It's probably my second or third favorite movie of last year. Um, yeah, it's 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 so good. And you know, Alex Aja, he just he can bring it. It <laughs> and, hot, hot tension. Yes, hot tension. <laughs> He, he's good. He's really good at what he does. And uh, uh, the thing that bums me out, especially now and sitting around thinking about it and, you know, actually with Richard Stanley's new movie coming out, it just reminded me like, man, we can't have these guys having these large gaps in between working. Now, granted, <laughs> it hasn't been 20 years, <laughs> you know, since, since uh, Alex Aja did anything between crawl and what did he do previous? Oh, is it Shit. The, the, dude, let me say the last movie I remember seeing of his, I'm sure there's one or two more, but the last one I remember is the Hills have eyes. Oh, he did horns. Oh, right, right, yeah. right, right, right. With the Harry Potter. Yeah. And that was 2013 and Hills was 2006. That's still seven years. Yeah. In, in, in between, between each. It's almost a decade in between movies. Oh, I'm sorry. Piranha 3D. Oh, right. Okay, so he so four years and three years. Still, that's, all, that's still pretty gappy for, for an indie guy. Yeah, you know? but he's, I mean, it's kind of an indie guy, but he's still on the, you know, he's on the $25 million yeah, right. sort of indie guy. <laughs> exactly. You know? Yeah, yeah, like, he, yeah. He's, yeah, and then that's the thing is the... Those his, mid-range movies are hard to get, you know... Right. They put some faces in there that you'll recognize, but really the money's going into the movie. Oh, yeah. It's, it's not going into the, per, the the face on the cover or the, or the poster or the DVD no. or the Blu-ray. No. Know. They're they're putting it, they're, they're putting the money where it needs to go. Right, because I, I, come to think of it, I'm almost positive there's nobody on the cover but the alligators. <laughs> I don't I don't even think uh, uh, the the young lady that's in that, that's in, oh, by the way, she's in something new. She's in... Um, the new skating TV show that's on Netflix. Oh, really? Yeah. Kaya, the one that plays Haley in the movie. Yeah, she yeah. Was, she was like in Moon. She was in the uh, oh, right. The Maze Runner movies. I think she I'm was, the- gosh, was she, dude, was she the, the Dead Men Tell No Tales? Was she in that too? I think she was. I think you're right. Oh, yeah. It's she played- funny. I was mis- I keep flipping her with Leah Thompson's daughter. <laughs> Which one's Leah Thompson's daughter? Uh, Zoe Deutsch. Dude, Zoe's her kid. Yeah, it's her. And dude, Howie her Deut- new movie, Howie Melody. Deutsch's dude, kid. Melody and I are going to go see her new movie on Valentine's Day. Yeah, that's uh, Buffalo. That's that's Leah Thompson and Howie Deutsch, uh, the director Howard Deutsch. You know, oh, some, some kind, kind of wonderful. wonderful. I yeah. can't believe that that's I their didn't daughter. get that. Oh my gosh, dude! Have you seen the trailer for Buffaloed? Yeah, totally. She's freaking adorable in it. I mean, she's cute in other movies, but this is like when she's actually acting. Yeah, she's, she totally. doesn't seem to be playing just a cute girl like she did. It was a, it was a last. She did. Did she do that one, with James Franco? And uh, yeah, she well, she was Cranston. in the. No, was she in that? She was in the Disaster Artist. I know that, and she was in. Uh, she was in the Politician. She was in Zombieland. Double Tap is what oh, yeah, I totally. I was right, dude. Yeah, yeah, she's in Why Him. The one with oh, Cranston, yeah, Cranston I, I Franco. I, yeah, that's what you I You know I don't see Brian Cranston movies. I know you don't. Because you think he's Nazi and he's not. No, I just think he's... He's, uh, he's not, he's, I he's just not think a he's, Nazi. <laughs> I just think he's boring. Um, oh, don't do this. Since we, we talked last also, obviously I watched Crawl. Um, but in that time, you had your birthday. and you're in, you're in the club now. Yay. And then a couple of nights later, you went and saw Juliana Hatfield. 
I did go see Julian Hatfield at the Granada Theater here in Dallas, which is a beautiful theater. Um, and, you know, also, I, I, I was turned on. I love to go early. You know, I'm always about, like, seeing the opening act. Cause, and I was not disappointed in Emily Davis and the Murder Police. <laughs> uh, they're They're fantastic, dude. You should check them out. I mean, they're really good. I really, it was a fun set. The crowd loved them. Um, it was the perfect band to warm up for Juliana. I think they played eight songs, maybe. Yeah. Eight or nine songs. You know, their songs are fairly short, but, you know, and they've also opened for Bad Religion and, you know, other bands that we love. Um, so they're from out, they're out of El Paso, I think. Um, yeah. But you should check them out, man. Emily Davis and the Murder Police. Super enjoyable. You know, met her after the show, told her I thought she was awesome. She was super friendly. Totally down to earth, check, um, and they sound great. Great guitar player, great bass player, super tight band, playing good stuff. Um, and then on to the main course, and then Juliana came out, man. And Juliana, dude, she sounded just as good as the last time I saw her, which was probably 1996. <laughs> right. I mean, I saw her a whole bunch in the early 90s, and then like you know, I think maybe on the Only Everything record, you know. Heart was at 95, 96, so somewhere around there. Um, and I hadn't really seen her since that I can remember. But man, what a great show. And she played for, she went on exactly at 9 o'clock and she, her encore ended at 10.30. And that wow. was it, man. And I was, you know, back home <laughs> before 11 o'clock. But I mean, she, dude, she did, uh, she did physical, which the, the two people that went from the office that went to the show with me, my buddy man. Dave, the AD, and then Courtney, the production coordinator, um, they were like, I turned Courtney on to both cover records, and then she's like, I got to go to the show. <laughs> and then Dave didn't really know anything about Juliana Hatfield. And uh, when she launched, she also played uh, your favorite Olivia Newton-John track, which Dave was like, dude, is this Olivia Newton-John? <laughs> he had no idea that she had covered a cover record. But she sounded right. great live. And, you know, and she's a re- what people don't realize is she's a really good guitar player, man. <laughs> I yeah. mean, um, so yeah, man, the show was fun. Stayed out, had to get up and tech scout the next day. Our tech scout was Wednesday, Thursday. We went to the show on Tuesday night. You know, the weather is so fickle here. I went to the show, no jacket. You know, it was, uh, it had been like 70 during the day and it was nice. It was about 55 outside. Right come out of the show it's fucking pouring rain and it's dropped like to 39 and i was like god damn it um, <laughs> you know but uh yeah man the show was great she sounded awesome um i couldn't have been any happier you know i mean she's on she's coming to la i think she's playing uh she's she's on, on friday on monday yeah on monday and yeah. is, is it at the l ray it's at the l ray yeah yeah so, I mean, you know, if you're out in L.A., see if you can catch that show. I mean, it's tonight, right? Yeah, The 27th. The 27th. So, <laughs> that's tonight. So get out there and go see Juliana Hatfield. You won't be yeah. disappointed. It's great. As if you ever go to setlist.fm, folks will go on there and let people know, hey, this is the setlist that oh, yeah. this person played. And I didn't, but did she did one, two, three, four police covers. Oh, in yeah, this, man. In her set. Dude. Yeah, she. Uh, I thought I was gonna get Canary in a Coal Mine as the encore, and right. I didn't, and that's okay. But she did play three songs, perhaps 
from her uh, uh, new album of original material, Weird, which was really good. I mean, I liked the album a lot, but hearing right. it live was really fantastic. They're great songs. She's a good songwriter, man. But yeah, I mean, dude, people flipped over the police stuff. I mean, she's so funny. She's so like, you know, uh, I did a police cover album. Uh, I'm going to do a couple police songs if that's okay. <laughs> you know, she's just so like charming and fun. And uh, yeah, man, the show, it, it was 90 minutes of pure bliss. And, uh, you know, I'd hope... I, I hope to catch her again, and it won't take me twenty years. <laughs> That'd be nice, right? Right. I mean, because I mean, I don't think you know she probably won't be touring when she's seventy-four, and I probably won't be going to shows when I'm seventy. So, or maybe I will. Who knows? Who knows? She. I, I bought a T-shirt, of course, and it has all the tour dates on it, and I'm I'm just looking at it. It's sitting over there in a pile of dirty clothes that I have to wash. Um, I was like, I could go check my shirt, man. Um, <laughs> But uh, you do they had vi- they had vinyl of both cover albums for sale oh, really? at, at the show? Yeah. Um, Sabrina, I know you don't watch it because it's. Oh no, I, dude! I loved the first season, and then I just like for so, I got just disconnected from the second season. I don't know why. Right. Uh, I loved the first season, and I watched the first couple episodes of season two, and then I just kind of shelved it and never haven't gone back to it. Um, yeah. Uh, I'll probably end up, you know, it's something that when I get home, I'll probably just binge watch what I didn't see a season two and see season three. I, I really, like I said, yeah. I love the first season. You don't, yeah, you don't want to skip two because, dude, it's it literally picks up right after. And I, I only watched the first episode of the new season because I, I had to be up early today. But, dude, yeah, it's, man, yeah, it's good stuff. And it's, again, it just picks up where it left off, which is, a plus because usually you're not lucky enough to kind of get that trying to figure out where something picks up or if it's like directly it's just a few months after the second season and if you know how the second season ends it's it's pretty gnarly it's a great it's got a great cliffhanger and honestly dude if they didn't come back for a, for a third part we were like what the fuck are you guys man yeah and, right and the reason the reason why i'm pointing that out is because um i was doing some work on the laptop earlier in the week and there's a hulu show called freakish and there's two seasons of that on there and it's just you know, soapy teenage zombie thing. And right. Uh, it's not terrible. I mean, it was just something, it was literally like background noise while I was on the laptop. And I occasionally look up and watch it. And it was only 23, 24 minutes. It's like network 30 minute show network half hour, excuse me. And, and I get to the end and I didn't know that there wasn't a third season and there wasn't going to be one. And it dude, they, they ended second season. Kill everybody. Just no, they ended like like there was supposed to be an episode, like like it wasn't the finale, like there was one more episode. Oh wow! And so I think they, they might have been bought into their false promises of a third season. Can't believe it's it's a very expensive show because nobody is recognizable in it. I don't know what the SAG agreement is, you know, for syndicated because it's not really syndicated. It's a Hulu exclusive or a Netflix yeah, right. exclusive. So, and you know, you know the usual thing, the traditional model. You know, right when you guys start floating around 100 episodes is when syndication starts being bandied about. So sometime right. in a portion, if you go into season four of a network television show, then you're talking about syndication at that point. And um, that's maybe it's a casualty of the merger of Fox and, you know, all things owned by Disney. Maybe they're just like snip, snip, maybe. snip, snip. It's, it's possible. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, yeah, it. it 
it, the first episode of Sabrina of season three is really fun, but I was really taxed with today with my split schedule with my days off. Cause today I, if I didn't have so much shit to do around the house and running around, I would have made my way to see Guy Ritchie's return to crime yeah, man, totally. and see the gentleman. And I know we've both been like itching to see it. I don't know if we had talked about it before, but no, no, I, I think we hadn't talked about it before. Cause I, I I'm, tr- I'm going to try to see that tomorrow. I was going to try to see color out of space tonight. Right. But I, you know, long day camera test. I'm just yeah. kind of tired. And yeah, um, both but, these both these movies have been like, I'm like, crap, they're the same day? Shit, all right, well, which one's going to disappear faster? And, I, and you know, Color Out of Space is going to be out four weeks on Blu-ray, and I already pre-ordered it, but I need to see it in a theater like I saw Mandy. Oh, yeah, and, for sure. But this one, I don't miss Guy Ritchie crime movies. I mean, the last time he had one was Rock and Rolla. He hasn't done one like that since because right. he's, he's been doing all these big studio flicks. Yep. The Sherlock Holmes um, uh, franchise. He did Aladdin, which, well, and, and fuck y'all, if you none of you, no, don't say wolf, dude. I was surprised how enjoyable it was. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But don't get me started with the King Arthur. No, I didn't see it. <laughs> I was going to say um, The Man from Uncle, <laughs> which, I, which I do enjoy. It's just kind of like, I don't know how they fucked that up. Like that, that had like franchise written all over it. And I think, I don't know, man. And it was like, he, you know, I think it was like a pet project for him. Like, it's like, you know, it's one of his, it's what he wanted to do it there. You know, I think their Warner brothers was hoping for their mission impossible and, and that it just didn't happen. Well, and I think the problem where there was, is that Warner Bad. brothers wanted, they wanted to shove Superman in it. And I don't think he's a very good actor. I want to say he was. I want to say none of the leads were bad in it. I just don't think that people wouldn't want to see any of them. Army Hammer or Alicia Vikander or any. I mean, none of them draw me to the movie. I was drawn strictly by the title because I know the show. And more more Hugh Grant (laughs) than any of the rest of it. And he shows up twice in the whole movie. And you know what's funny is I like Army just fine, but he was... He really got to just sucker punch twice, and I and that is a pun for, for oh, yeah. Zack Snyder. I wasn't meaning boxing terms. I literally mean sucker punched with this and Lone Ranger. I mean he, everybody. He was just still kind of you know I don't want to say milking. That's not fair because I like him. Okay, um, him just making the most of his appearance in social network. And nobody knew, really knew who he was before that. That was the movie that kind of. Oh yeah, made, for sure. Made people more aware of him. And you think about it, man, he had the hardest job ever, ever out of anybody in front of the camera <laughs> with that movie, having to play him, you know, opposite himself. That's kind of crazy. Well, the, what, you know, they, there, there was another guy. They just put, right. They just right. Put what I just, but I just meant, yeah. right. But I mean, he's still having to play two parts. Right. And he still has to understand that he's <laughs> talking to himself. Yeah. He's, you know, you know, when he got that script and he killed it and they're all done and he sees the final product, he's like, yeah, you know, fuck you, Ed Norton. <laughs> right. I, I don't need somebody else acting opposite me to say that I can, I'm, I'm a, of two people. It's funny, man. Cause I was trying really hard today to not look at any like reviews of the gentleman or color of space because I just, I, I, my new thing is to, tr- if I want to see a movie, 
I want to just go see it, man. I don't want to read about it. I don't want to see the trailer. Right. Um, they're both playing. Well, one is playing within walking distance from where my apartment is. The other, I got to get in a car and drive. But, but Color is also playing at the Texas Theater uh, on a double bill with Hardware um, on Ooh, Sunday. That's crazy. I know, man. It's it, but the drag is it's Sunday evening, and I and we mm. start shooting on Monday. Dude. I know, man. I know. I'm, I just okay, you know what. Dude, there was a Sunday screening here, and was it this was it this week or was it this weekend? I was like, "What are you fucking doing? Who's this for?" I don't remember what it was. Was it, it was for the like, Was it for the uh, Irishman? <laughs> right, because I'm fucking caring. Because <laughs> you're gonna go sit in the theater and take a nap. And uh, oh, dude, you know what else we can throw out there too? Uh, well, let's just finish talking about color space. Um, I'm not really big on you know, on you know Rotten Tomatoes. I think it's just a big pile of horse shit. But um, as of right now, gentleman is sitting in a nice, tasty seventy percent. Oh, good. And, but color out of space, eighty seven. Really? Yeah, it's higher on the on the critic side than it is on the fan side. Well, that's crazy. That is weird. That's yeah. I mean. I want to say when I'm Mandy. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Mandy, I'm sorry. It's it's dead even. It's 84 and 84. So they're wow. like perfectly that that dude. That I don't, never you don't see that very often. No. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, I'm gonna try to see both of them this week. I think you know I got some things to do tomorrow, but at some point I may just disappear into the theater and go see the gentleman, and you know kind of let my mind wander. Um, but, and gentlemen, let's throw that out there really quick. Tomato Omida, 70 percent. And the audience score is 93. So yeah. audiences are digging it. I and mean, it's a nice hour and 43 minutes, dude. Yeah. I mean, look, man, his crime films, I mean, like, if, if he just made crime films, I would totally be down. I mean, I even like Revolver, which, like, nobody likes. Um, no. And you know why it sucks? Because he was still married to that woman. I'm going to say, she, like, it has, she almost ruined his career. I just think he made a bad movie. <laughs> well, no, I'm not. Yeah, but, dude. Because I don't know. like those Sherlock Holmes movies, man. <laughs> No, I like them just fine. But I know that's, and that's not your, you know, that's not your thing. But you know what? Yeah. I was thinking more about when we talked about nice guys and what a great billing, you know, double billing. You've talked about doing, you know, kiss, kiss and that together. But I think you made a great point at that time was that once upon a time in Hollywood and, and nice guys would be great together. And I think rock and roller and kiss, kiss would be a better pairing together. Oh, yeah, man. Rock and roller is a movie that, like, Got like no love. I think no I felt like love. Warner Brothers, and they just felt like Warner Brothers just dumped it. Like when it came out, like they would not have treated that movie right now the same way. No, no, they they, they just wouldn't. Well, forget the fact that Guy Ritchie's made a shit ton of money recently <laughs> with the Sherlock Holmes movies. It's not about that. It, they're just oh my gosh, dude! I I love. I saw Rock and Roller with my brother in law. Um, it was in just in New York and L.A. I saw it at the Sherman Oaks ArcLight. There was nobody else in the theater. Well, there was like 10 people in the theater. And it was like one of the medium size. So it was like a like 75 to 100 seater. And everybody was howling. And I'm like, uh, like that's got to be word of mouth. Word of, I, I look at, I look at, you know, 30, 40 people in a 100 seat theater in Los Angeles and, and enjoying themselves. That's going to carry more weight than a full 200 seater in, you know, Idaho. Yeah. Word totally. of mouth is going to be better for you, but it didn't, you know, you and I both know it didn't do well. Yeah, it's so weird, man. I mean, it's, it's because 
I remember seeing it and loving it. And then, uh, you know, when it came out on DVD and then, um, <laughs> but yeah, so those are my, both on my list for the weekend. Last weekend uh, at the Texas theater, we, um, did a special screening for the till death creative, uh, combination of art department director dp ad our ad came a couple of the producers we um the good folks at the texas theater opened it up for us and let us uh do a double feature of bring me the head of alfredo garcia and rolling thunder dude (laughs) it was fantastic man and i love watching movies like that with people who have never seen them our dp matt mitchell had seen alfredo garcia but he had never seen rolling thunder and Aaron Cashalis and I have been talking about it since we got here um, Jeez. before Christmas. And he was like, you guys. And dude, he fucking loved it. It was, it, it, he couldn't have loved it anymore. Um, and God damn it, man. I, I'd never actually seen Rolling Thunder on a big screen. I, I haven't either. Holy yeah. shit. Dude, I don't know why Bill Devane wasn't a bigger star. I don't, I totally don't understand. I mean, his performance in that movie is it's sublime man and he is so good i just don't get it i don't understand you know how stardom escaped that guy um or why tarantino hasn't put that guy in one of his movies instead of al pacino uh, (laughs) right you know who who can't hear himself so he screams at the camera i would rather have had bill devane in once upon a time in hollywood than al pacino Right, and the thing about Th- Rolling Thunder, it suffered the, from the same fate that Sorcerer suffered from. It came out, I want to say, By like two weeks after Star Wars, or two weeks before <laughs> Star the, Wars, like the summer after the summer after Star Wars, October, yeah, October seventh, seventy seven. Yeah, I you mean, know, what are you gonna do about that? You're kind of screwed, dude. You can't do yeah, much about it, you that. Know, and it's also a pretty grim movie. I mean, it came out a year after Taxi Driver, and it's you know, right. it's another Paul Schrader story. Um, and, it, you know, another sort of post-Vietnam vet, um, disassociated, coming home story. And But, man, it is one powerful movie, man. And there's some seriously violent shit in there. John Flynn right. directed the shit out of that movie. John Flynn has made some of my favorite movies <laughs> that I don't get much love, like The Outfit. Right. Um, I was going to bring that up myself. Mario, we're, we know we still owe you a Blind Fury episode. Once we're sitting in a room together, correct. Again, it's the we, first thing we're doing. Yes. Um, but then, you know, I mean, he also did Lock Up, um, you know, one of Stallone's better movies from the 90s, in my opinion. Right. I mean, he did some great stuff in between Out for Justice <laughs> for Seagal. Oh, yeah. But I, he, but but he did bestseller. Oh yeah, dude. And yeah, we both have taught. We both love bestseller. Oh, dude, I love bestseller. The Sergeant, Defiance, Jerusalem File. I mean, dude, he's yeah. I mean, yeah, he's done some really amazing stuff. You know, and he would be. You know, I'm sure he'd be pegged as a. You know, I guess you would. Call, he'd be the journeyman director. But I mean, right, dude. I mean, that's a pretty great journey to go on yeah and his stuff was even look look it out for justice call it what you want <laughs> it's not it's not it's a steven seagal movie what are you gonna do you know the yeah. guy wasn't working very much he defiance he put out defiance in 80 and and he really didn't do a whole lot in between he did bestseller in 87 he might have something in between but i think he did some tv but i, I can't be sure about that he did this great showtime movie with dennis hopper i think it's called nails maybe yeah maybe him and like Ann Archer, but I mean, it was a it was like you know when they were making movies for like when Showtime and HBO would you know they'd crank out a 
like sketch artist, sketch artist two, starring Jeff Fahey. You know, <laughs> but nails sketch artist. <laughs> Drew Barrymore. Oh, but did he, he had a nice little stretch, dude. I mean, yeah. Alfred, Just, Alfred Justice was 91. And by the way, say what you want about it, but who is in Alfred Justice? Steven Seagal and my man, William Forsythe. That's right. Cast That's Bill, hashtag Cast Bill Forsythe. And he is so aggressive in it. Oh, yeah, man. What He's out of his... He, what, what the hell was his character name in it? I want, I want to say it's like Sonny or some shit like that. Isn't it... Uh, uh, some Forsyth's character. Jimmy? Richie. No, it's, it's Richie. Richie Medano. Richie. Because all I'm trying to run through my head, Richie. I'm running all... We're going to listen to Seagal's terrible Brooklyn accent being yeah, seen. totally. <laughs> but um, dude, Bill Forsyth is so great in that movie. Yeah, man. He's so over the top. It's so fun. But that... Yeah. But yeah, John Flynn did some did some fun stuff. I can't tell you the last time I saw Rolling Thunder. I want to say I saw it in a pan and scan oh, release dude. on Laserdisc. I think that's the last pick, time I saw the movie. Pick up the Shout Factory. I just picked up the Shout Factory <sighs> Blu-ray. Yeah, it's got an interview with Devane on it. It's got an interview with the two writers, Haywood Gould and Paul Schrader. It looks amazing. This picture and sound quality is fantastic. Yeah, I picked it up with my. I got I got a bunch of Amazon gift cards for Christmas, and it was the first thing I ordered from Amazon, and I had it shipped directly here, <laughs> so that we could watch it. And then, uh, yeah, man, it was great seeing those two. And we had the whole, you know, we we opened it up to anybody else on the crew, but like you know, no one else showed up, so there were like eight of us. Uh, but hey, man, it was a great way to spend you know three and a half four hours. We had a little intermission in between, and then you know a good day of seventies violence. Yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah, man, dude, Alfredo you, Garcia is such a fucking bizarre. <laughs> I so, love it, it man. So is. It's just out of control. I mean, and, and Oates, who's another like one of my favorite actors, never oh, the guy never gave amazing. a bad performance, never, even in bad ever. movies. Nope, that guy always delivered. It doesn't matter what it was. Yeah, and it's but that's a that's a work ethic you got in from that generation of performers. They don't. It didn't matter what they did. And they kind of touched on that a little bit once upon a time in Hollywood. It didn't matter if this fictional character anyway is, is guesting on a TV show. He still gave, he still gave it as much as he was when he was starring the show. He didn't, it doesn't matter. It's it's just something you don't see anymore. And a lot of people just phone things in and someone, as soon as you, Oh yeah, I'll show up on set. They're not into it. They're just, you're paying my rate. So I'm here. Now, I know you need to survive, but there's some people that don't need that survival money and they're doing the work anyway Yeah, because they're being paid to as opposed to, man, if you don't give a fuck, let somebody else work right. for a quarter of what you're asking for and they're going to deliver. I know it's a cheap movie. I know you're only there for a day, but fucking come on, man. Yeah. Bruce it, Willis. Yeah, totally. I mean, you know me, dude. <laughs> I was going to say I, it. I hashtag cast Bill Forsyth and everything. And uh, everything. Some, somebody asked me, hey, man, um, why do you? What is what it does is Bill Forsyth blackballed? Does he not get work or and I'm like, uh I don't know, man. Uh I just, just every movie's better with I him just, in it. Yeah, man. He's like Dabney <laughs> Coleman to me. And hey, look, Dabney Coleman is in Rolling Thunder, by the way. Um Awesome. Yeah. I mean, he's another person. He's another guy on my list of like actors, dude. Dabney Coleman makes everything better is a, another hashtag that I like to use uh, when I watch yeah. a movie with Dabney Coleman. So I've been wanting to see Rolling Thunder for a while. When you told me about that double bill, I'm like, oh, damn, I need to get on that. While you were there, you sent me a picture of an upcoming event. I don't know how soon it was. I'm oh. sure it's already come to pass. Nope. February February 1st. Oh, really? Damn. They're showing Larry Cohen's The Stuff in 35 mil. Yep. I'm like, 
Oh my gosh, dude! I haven't seen that movie in the movie theaters since you only had a choice of thirty-five mil. I saw that in first run. Yeah, right. I'm, I've seen it maybe twenty times over the years, but it's been laser disc or a bootleg VHS before it was available on VHS in the United States. Just a whole slew of other ways, but not in a movie theater. Most certainly in a not non-digital. Oh yeah, format. man. I'm so, I'm totally going. I mean, I already. That's so I'm, good. Yeah, there's no way I'm missing it. It's think. Thankfully, it's a Saturday. Uh, you know, I'm gonna peel out. It's a, it's actually it's a week from Saturday. It's this. It's the. Uh, it's it's a week from tomorrow. Oh, see, that's gold. Yeah, man. They got some good stuff coming up there. I mean, I recently I also saw for the first time I saw Punch Drunk Love, which I had never seen before All three right. weeks ago. And I got to say, man, it might be, you know, it's in my top three P.T. Anderson movies now. Um, I I think I just never seen it. I don't know why I always avoided it. I just never saw it until now and thought it was great. We hadn't really talked about it. And they've actually, um, New Beverly tweaked their January schedule a little bit. And now, well, once the Super Bowl is over, I'm going on to a regular work schedule of being off Friday and Saturday. So all those Friday matinees, oh, they run a new bed. Right. Oh, you have a chance to go to these. And I was off today, and I didn't know until we were out and about that today they showed Fright Night at 2 p.m. Oh, shit. Right. <laughs> God damn it. I mean, how we were just waxing about, oh, man. I would see Fright Night again. And, dude, you know it's there, so it's 35. Oh, yeah. It's got to be his print. I'm pulling it up right now to check it. He's not He's not showing it unless it's 35. Right. And I was super bummed. I'm like, fuck. He's in, he's got Once Upon a Time in Hollywood perpetual rotation still. It's playing every damn night. Right. <laughs> it's not going anywhere. But, dude, peep this. Tomorrow night, midnight screen of Goodfellas sold out. Yeah. Well, it doesn't shock me, man. They're actually going to screen it here as well. And I was really? thinking, fuck, man, I haven't watched, I haven't seen Goodfellas. I don't know that I ever owned it on DVD. Right. I know I don't own it on Blu-ray. I don't think I own it on DVD. I'm going to honestly say I probably haven't seen it since, you know, it was making its rounds on cable like in the late 90s. And I saw it 100,000 times. But I think I may go see it in a theater because it's a movie that made me, the whole third act where Leota's fucked up and he's driving and he's coked out of his mind and he's looking up at the helicopter. I remember at the time there was like me and three other people in the theater and two of them got up and left. Like, and I was wow. like, well, no, it's just cause I think they were fucked up and it made them uncomfortable. They came back in, oh. you know, but they, they, <laughs> they like, I think I was like, Oh, so you guys are fucking Coke heads. <laughs> Cocaine. I'm freaking out, man. I'm freaking out, dude. This is too much. I gotta go. They're going outside to look for helicopters. <laughs> oh man, are they here? Yeah. I got to check the place. Yeah. So, I mean, I, but in LA, it doesn't shock me. I don't think it would no. sell out here. Although I got to say these screenings I've been going to, I mean, they do love their movies here. Um, right. You know, I'd say I, I went to see Silent Night, Deadly Night, and there were probably 50 people in there. I mean, that's a pretty good turnout for Silent Night, Deadly Night. Yeah. The Because it's so close to, to February, they put up the February schedule. But I'm looking it over, and like, I didn't know this, but this Monday, I'm not working. I'm thinking about it. They're showing Clute at 2 o'clock. Oh, wow. Um, let's see. They're showing how's this. Oh, my gosh, dude. I'm so fucking disappointed you're not going to be here. I might even call it from, to work on one of these nights. Fuck me. What is it? All right, dude. What is it? Wednesday and Thursday, next week, the 29th and 30th, Orca 
Nightwing and Prophecy. Oh, good triple feature. Good God, dude. Really? How how did this miss me? I mean, how, oh, does, wow. how does that even happen is my first question. Two <laughs> nights in a row. Wednesday and Thursday night. Fucking Prophecy, dude. <laughs> I, it's almost a midnight screening because it, it hits at 11.35. I told you my buddy Richard, like he's listened. Like, the first episode of the podcast he listened to was Prophecy because he's like, yeah, I looked. And he's like... And, I, and, he goes, and then I saw you guys did Pride, and he goes, I just jumped into Prophecy because I saw it because he's born, he's like, he's born in 72 or 73. So he saw it like at seven or eight years old in the theater. And it, Good yeah, Lord. man, and it, he said it wrecked him. Like it fucking, you know, he still has issues going camping shit. <laughs> and I was like, when was the last time you saw the movie, Rich? He's like, well, I don't need to see it now because I heard you guys talk about it. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Uh, they're showing Cat People on February 7th at 2 o'clock. Oh, wow. Oh my God. Dude, they're showing The Bride of Frankenstein. Oh, wow. Um, on, on, perfect, by the way, on Valentine's Day. Yeah, per- that is perfect. And that's the day that, that's the day we're going to go see Zoe's movie. Oh, they're showing The Hunger. Oh, wow. At 2 o'clock. Yeah. That's a great matinee for me. And then what's the last matinee for the month? Candyman. Mm. That's the real Candyman, by the way. Not the <laughs> new imitation, fake one. Right. Soon to be released. They, they, I thought they'd do something fun with Leap Year on the 29th. Oh. No, they're showing Harry Potter or the Phoenix because they're showing all the Potter movies ah. on uh, Saturday and Sunday for the month of February. I'm guessing it's going to carry into March because they're showing them in order and it stops. The last one they have is order the phoenix which and there's two more after that but um hey you know what <laughs> if you boy if you love once upon a time in hollywood and you come to visit you Los can Angeles, totally see it <laughs> just you better go you see can it probably there. sit with quentin and watch it yep and he can anyway, tell you all you, about I it i know you didn't i know you didn't care for it but they're doing uncut gems and object of beauty oh i didn't not care for uncut gems i just uh i think it was so built up and you know, and I really, I really like Good Time, but I, I didn't, I didn't not like Uncut Gems, but I mean, I just didn't like right. it as much as Good Time. They're doing a double bill of those two movies consecutive nights, but the second night on uh, February sixth, they're doing uh, the Safdie brothers are doing a Q and A before they show Object of Beauty. So they're doing it between oh, the wow. two flicks. So they're down a matinee and they're doing that, which is kind of cool. Yeah. They, by the way, they bought the Cartoon Club back on Saturday mornings. I haven't done that in oh, wow. pre-Joey. That's the last time I did it, Cartoon Club. Um, but no, dude, this is what living in Los Angeles is so fun to do. And I'm glad you actually have something like that while you're there. It makes those things easier, especially, I mean, the double bill you guys had. I mean, I would freak out that was at the New Beverly. And that's the kind of thing they would have there. The fact that you guys had it there was just crazy. Oh, look! Here's the other thing. I'm I'm gonna prob we're gonna probably try to do one more, and we're gonna watch the outfit and the nickel ride. Oh, dude! I mean, it's gonna be hard now because we're shooting, and nobody's gonna feel like right. doing it on a Saturday. But we right. did talk about it today while we were doing, you know, after the camera test, you know, because everybody now everybody's all psyched. It's it's fun, man. I'm working with a good bunch of people. Like everybody, I mean, it, this is the first movie I've been on in a long time that I just fucking adore everybody on the movie. Everybody's kind of got the same sort of vision yeah. from the producers. They're all, I mean, everyone's fun and wants to make a really good movie. We start on, we'll start on Monday and I, the actors all landed today. It was awesome to see them in the camera tests and testing, you know, TVs and item art department stuff and lighting and 
and putting the actors in these little things, you know, vignettes and things that we put together, we threw together, um, you know, for a smattering of what the film's going to look like. You know, it's funny, man. A lot of films, you don't get to do camera tests anymore. Like, you know, no one, right. you know, but this was great, man. And it, uh, I'm, I'm very excited, uh, you know, to get this underway. And like I always say, the best thing about day one is you're one day closer to the end. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. The fact that you guys start principal on on Monday is awesome because it feel like I feel like it's been a long time, dude. And I think it's I think it's a lot of stopping and starting of stopping and sorry starting and stopping or never being to like the two previous things that you almost did, right? And so it, feel, it feels like all connected because it was all so tightly wound together as far as uh, time. Oh yeah. So when you finally got around to this, I'm like, it feels like that we've been talking about since October. Well, it's and right. <laughs> well, it's funny because the first conversation I had with Dallas about doing this movie um, was on the 8th of November or yeah. six, <laughs> either the 6th or the 8th of November. And then I came, I right. came here mid November, scouted for a week, went home for two weeks and then came back and yeah, man, it's been uh so, I mean, it's been, you know, over, it's got, it's been almost 10 weeks. Um, right. even if I haven't been working the whole time, I've been attached to this thing for almost three months. And, you know, by the time right. I get done, it's going to be it's five more weeks. So it's, it's going to be like 15, it's like almost like four months. So yeah. It's crazy. We talked about this and you sent me photos, but you bought yourself a new truck and a camper while you were there. <laughs> yes, I and, did. And I was thinking about, and I was joking like, oh man, we need to do like a vlog. I need to come out there and drive that shit back with you and we'll do a vlog about a Road you know, trip. I won't be karate in the garage anymore. I'll be karate on the, on the highway. And Melody said to me a couple of days ago, she goes, are you guys really going to do that? Because it'd be fucking funny. Well, she didn't say fucking, but you know. Right. No, 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 for sure. And I'm like going, dude, that'd be so rad. <laughs> we should do totally do that right so because my so now my question is this how are you getting that truck and camper back i am not uh the camper i am not gonna bring back the camper oh, it's just just for it's just for the movie yeah i mean i bought it i mean you know my buddy rich the guy who loves prophecy picture car guy who did 80 percent of the cars for the mine hunters series owns them okay the trailer is going to him the truck on the other hand, I don't know, man. I, it depends on the weather. I might just drive it back. That's what I'm saying, man. That'd be some funny shit. It, you know, we'll see. It, I, I think probably uh, it'll have to stay here till picture lock. So, you know, but, um, you know, that doesn't mean we can't drive it back after that and <laughs> record live from the road. That's because that shit would be funny. Oh, yeah. I'm figuring, you know, we could just um, do live stops in cities, dude, set up and like and, <laughs> and, and, and just totally. pull random people out of cafes along the way back to Los Angeles. <laughs> just do stupid shit. Oh, my God. So she was like, would you guys really do that? I'm like going, I don't know. I'm cool with that. I don't care. I got I got free time. Why not? I got <laughs> Patreon needs something. <laughs> Hello, live from Santa Fe. Uh, you know, we we could hit yeah. Amarillo. Oh you man, because yeah, because you're like you're smack dab in the middle of the state, so there's a lot there's a lot of Texas to get through just to get yeah, out man, of Texas. Yeah, man, you can either go up and then west, or you can go due west, which takes you kind of southwest. I, I I'd go through Austin for sure. Right. Um, although I gotta say, I really, I'd really do like going up toward Amarillo and then across because you travel the painted desert. 
um, which is pretty groovy. See, I mean, yeah, right. Because if you're gonna do it, I mean, make it, yeah, man, make it appealing. Yeah, it, yeah. Don't just, yeah, just doing. Yeah, you know, if you want to perform a function, then pay somebody to throw it on a flatbed and drive it back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who cares? You know. <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe so. Maybe we'll. Maybe you'll get a. You'll get a vlog. Oh my god! I sound like a fucking douche. You'll get a vlog. We're gonna vlog. Hello, vlog. We're gonna vlog our travels. <laughs> we're gonna vlog, and we're gonna we're going glamping. Glamping. Yeah, glamour camping. Do you know what glamping is? Oh, <laughs> dude, that reminds me. If you haven't watched it yet, you gotta watch the world according to Jeff Goldblum, and he did a can. He did an RV one. It's so I will definitely funny, check it out because there is an old school because because he ends up going to this RV museum that's here in Los Angeles. And they have one that's not unlike the one that you the Argosy? picked up. Yeah, it's very similar to it. Melody's first reaction to it when I showed her the pictures was, "I love the green countertops." Yeah, man, totally. <laughs> I mean, the, the truck that we're talking about here that is being used in the movie. Yeah, it's a picture car. Mm-hmm. Right, right. So that yeah, look at that. So if also we should note the director of the of Till Death is is uh, Aaron Kishalis, and he did Big Bad Wolves, yeah. which is you know for a lot of people they've heard of it. And if you have shuttered, fucking watch it, man. I know it's almost it's gonna be seven years old this year. I can't believe it's that old. But yeah, you need to see it. If you haven't seen it, see it. It's a fucking powder keg, man. And I I, I can only imagine what he's bringing to the table with this because his his work like and rabies is no different. Even though rabies, oh is, yeah, you know, qu- quite a different movie. But Big Bad Wolves is is got such a tone, and when you told me about the plot for this, and all you did was just tell me the plot. It's the same plot that's on IMDb, so it's not like, because you know me, I don't want to, I don't don't want, I want to see the movie. I don't want right. everything ruined. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to read a script for it. I just, I just the premise and I'm like, dude, I'm down. Because because I, I I can look at the body of work and then give me the idea. I'm like, all right, I know where I. I can't wait to see where this goes. Yeah. And cause he, cause like if you've seen big bad wolves and you know, the plot of till death, you're going to be like, Oh fuck. Yeah. Oh yeah. I dude, I can't wait to get started. I mean, it, it's, it's hard to contain my excitement for like the first week we're shooting two of my f- favorite sets in the entire movie. Week one, right. uh, set pieces. And, uh, yeah, man, it's going to be good. I mean, I'm, I, I Dude, it's the it's the first time I've been on a movie in a long time that I just want to get it shot and assembled so I can see the movie. Right. I mean, really, I'm a, I'm a giant fan, and Aaron is a lovely fucking person. I love him. Him and his wife. I we hung out last Sunday. Um, they on my birthday. They watched football. Um, they we watched the Packers Niners game. We just hung out. I mean, dude, we're having such a good time. We, I mean, it, again. This is the first movie in a long time that I've been on where I adore everyone, like from the PAs, all of them. It should be pointed out. Uh-oh. I don't think you have distribution because they're in post, right? Uh, yeah, Universal's. For, uni- they're, they're in post for Gunpowder Milkshake. They are in post for Gunpowder Milkshake. Yep, and uh, Universal's that- distributing till death. Oh, so they do. So they so they have distribution now. Oh, yeah. Okay, oh yeah. It's uh, or because that one, dude. That one's another one. And if you again. If you know the plot of this one and you know the premise of the one you're about to get into and then you've seen Big Bad Wolves, you're really excited to see Gunpowder and to see Till Death because, fuck, dude, when I found out the cast for Gunpowder and what it was about, 
I was just as excited for that as I am for Till Death. I'm like going, dude, these are f- nobody makes movies like this. Yeah, I know. They just don't. And, you know, studio movies are too busy making $125 million, $150 million superhero movies. Yeah. God forbid you put some money, and not a lot, it doesn't take a lot, but put some money in the hands of people that can really manipulate it and manipulate it well. And that's what I think Aaron, you know, Aaron can be get done with gunpowder milkshake. Now granted he's not, I mean, he's not directing it, but I'm pretty sure he's, I think you wrote it, right? He wrote it. Yeah. Nevada, his partner is his, uh, his writing partner that, you know, they read as a team and right. he directed gunpowder and Aaron's directing till death. Right. But it's, but it's that when you work that close together with somebody, oh, yeah. it's the sentiment. They, they, they're, you tell they're all on the, all on the same page and dude, the cast for gunpowder is fucking insane. Yeah. I mean, I just rattled off, you know, Karen Gillian and Carla Cucina, but dude, Lena Headley's in it, Michelle Yao's in it, Angela Bassett's in it. I mean, Paul Giamatti, dude, this cast is fucking killer. Yeah, it's and I can't. I mean, yeah, it's gonna be. Yeah, it's it's another it's another movie that's on high on my radar. You know, it's, it's I'll see it the moment it comes out, and I'll probably see it again and at least again before I before I end up with it. It's right in my wheelhouse, man. It's what I, it's the right. kind of shit I love, and it's guys who are doing it right, hundred percent. Yeah, so pretty exciting. And the fun thing about gun, I think the thing about gunpowder. Right here's your log line on IMDb: A secret sisterhood comes to the rescue of a mother-daughter assassin team. Now, when I see that, I see the missed opportunity of them not making Kill Bill three. I see that missed opportunity of Maya Hawk and Uma Thurman working together and doing yeah, that totally. Thing. So, Quentin, you're too busy making a movie nobody cares about. Oops, that's not true. Some people Somebody do. does. <laughs> Some people like it. But this is but this is exciting to me. This is this is the kind of stuff that is going to put my ass in a seat. It's going to have me talking about it because, look, I love Marvel movies. You don't, but I do. But though they don't excite me, they entertain me. This excites me. This kind of work is the kind of work that made you and I want to. Yeah, Dude, this totally. is... This is the this is a new generation sorcerer. This is the kind of stuff yeah, man. that kind of breaks rules and you know and maybe starts creating new ones because of it. Yeah. The hope, you know, to me, you know, it's funny cuz someone said, "Look, dude, you know, you, you, don't you feel like you just kind of do this?" I said, "Yeah, man, I'm a genre designer. <laughs> I'm good. Right. I am I'm really good at a certain type of movie, and I know that, and that's awesome. I mean, I could do other stuff, but I really like this genre, you know, this and horror, but I mean, I, I, dude, I love these type movies. <laughs> I mean, this is my right. thing. I want to watch them. Right. I want to work on them. And that's, you know, so far, dude, so right. good. I have a handful of guys that are kind of taking cues from me at work. They watched Bone. They watched Brawl. Um, I brought in American Dreamer to see for them to see Derek's work prior to them seeing Unhinged when that comes out later this year. I mean, I got. And then this is, these are millennials. These are like under 30 year olds. So whatever the hell is after millennials. Yeah, right. <laughs> whatever the What's the is. next one? The, right. They're, they're really into, you know, they're really into just discovering new things. And then, which is great because just everybody's so busy seeing, re-seeing the same movie, the remakes, the sequels. God forbid they do something different. So I got the feedback and I didn't tell you this yet because I just saw him last night. He watched American Dreamer and he said, holy crap. I didn't, when you said the name of the guy, I didn't mean the connection. He's not, I'm not big on names. I can't put the names and the faces together, but I didn't know it was the bacon guy. <laughs> um, 
So I mean, Jim Gaffigan, yeah, yeah, I didn't know he was, dude, I've never, he's so fucking good. I, I know. What about Robbie Jones? He goes, I never knew who that guy was before. Now I want to see everything he's in. I'm like, I know. And here's the thing that sucks. I don't understand it sucks, but it's mind-blowing is what's that? That guy you saw on the screen, Robbie Jones, that character, dude, he's the 180 of that. He's a total sweetheart. He's a right. super nice guy. And he, you know, when, if I'm glad I didn't meet him until after I saw the movie, cause I would have been like, I would have a hard time separate. It would have been distracting for me to see the movie right. knowing that he was a really nice guy. And then I'm like, Oh man, I'm having a hard time getting past that you're a badass in this movie and you're not a very nice guy. But dude, when he's, and I'm not going to get into the details of it, but he goes, Hey, when X, Y, Z, I'm like, right. He goes, that doesn't happen in movies, dude. I'm like, nope, not studio movies. No, man. It doesn't. But this is but this is the kind of thing that I'm talking about, and I think that's why you and I get along so well and got along so quickly is that we grew up in the same yeah. end of a time. We're only months apart in age, and we're exposed to all the same studio stuff. But then you and I have been able to kind of tune ourselves into other things. Like, dude, I would never have seen Nickel Ride if you didn't oh. cram it last summer, dude. Or could do sorry, two summers ago. Yeah, right. I mean, <laughs> yeah, but that one, dude. That's that, that's another one, dude. I was like, I was just like, holy crap, this is so good. And if like you just, I you can't make movies like that. But this is, but the stuff that you're doing with Derek, the stuff that that you're now doing with Aaron, those kinds of movies are the nickel ride of oh yeah, 2019 and 2020. Absolutely, because they're not. It's it's money that studios kind of gave to somebody to go make some movies and just all right go ahead we need write-offs yeah and they produce movies that end up being really good and entertaining and don't find audiences for 20 30 years well <laughs> right i mean the funny thing is is nickel ride is directed by robert mulligan who is most famous for directing to kill a mockingbird right right i mean now that's and that's and that's another thing too like that time there was, you know, before there was a stigma of working in television. <laughs> so many right. guys were working in features, were working in television because it was almost like back in the day when professional sports didn't pay enough and you were in the off season, you were a butcher or absolutely you something, you something else. But that's the thing. You were working in television and then be during the summertime, you were working on features. It's not unusual, but there became the stigma in the mid seventies where it was like, oh no, man. He doesn't want to be in television. Television is the death of you. And they kind of covered a little bit on Once Upon a Time. Right. But it's the truth, dude. It's like that's how the problem right now is there is a stigma, but now the stigma is 180. And unless you're in a, you're willing to go be in a, in a Marvel movie or some other, uh, you know, big budget extravagant popcorn movie, you're looking at television if you want to stretch your chops. And that comes from the writers, it comes from the directors, oh, yeah. and that comes from the actors. It's It's... The best work that's being done right now in this world is in indie cinema and is on television. Yeah, man. And I don't mean network. I mean just proper. It's it's, it's the there's so much good stuff out there. Can't people complain about? Oh God, another Star Wars movie. Oh my gosh, another Marvel movie. I'm like, dude, don't go. Yeah, don't even. There's the so time, the, the, you're, you're wasting hours complaining yeah, about man. it. Why don't you take those hours of complaining and watch something yeah. new? I mean, there's so much. I mean, if people just look around, there. I mean, there's so many. Like, uh, it's funny because someone <laughs> said to me, "Hey, man, I just watched this movie called Killerman. I didn't know you worked on it." And I'm like, oh, I mean, <laughs> okay. He's like, no, it was really good. I. I He's like, it was, I just, I never even heard of it. And I'm like, well, it's good. 
you know, tell some friends and, you know, they right. should see it. I mean, what's funny is, uh, dude, the cast in this movie is out of control. And me be, me being the, like, super fucking dork that I am, I was most excited about Michael Pare. Oh, dude, of course. Uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, that kind of goes without saying. Anyone who's listened to me ramble about Streets of Fire uh, knows this. But, yeah, I mean, dude, Evangeline, Lily, Sudeikis, Mike Coulter, I mean, Shea Wiggum. I mean, we, there's this, this movie's going to be really off the hook. It's... Like I said, I'm looking forward to getting this thing shot so that you know I can they can get it assembled and ready to be released because I want to see it. Right. You know, it's funny too. Um, I mean, you just remind me that I still haven't watched Killer Man yet. I ended up buying it on iTunes because I wanted an HD version. Because right. unfortunately, right now you, there is no Blu-ray for it. It's DVD only, or you can buy it or rent it from Prime or iTunes. I think Vudu's got it. But yeah. HD is your capper, and unfortunately, the only way you're gonna get that is if you're if you get the digital version and and not a disc version, which is kind of a drag and then very surprising. I mean, at this point, it's weird man. Either if you get if you get an optical release, it's Blu-ray. I mean, sometimes you don't even see the, the the combo packs anymore. Forget about just a singular DVD. I don't know what's going on there. Maybe they just had a bunch of blank discs sitting around. Yeah, I don't know, man. It was weird. Could, that, that it shocked me too. I was like, what do you mean no Blu-ray? <laughs> Anyway, so no, so so yeah, dude. There's lots of great stuff coming out this year, and I think when we get closer to some other releases, and um, we'll be able to talk about them some more. I think it's funny that since we talked about underwater, we still haven't seen nope, it. Nope, and it's gone. We, you know, it, the it's thing gone is, in already. four weeks we could watch it at home. It'll be awesome. Yeah, right. And you know what? I it's funny one. It's one of those movies. It's again, it's a mixed bag. I've heard it's a love it or hate it movie yeah. and there's there is there is no medium on that but for for you and I to be fans of Leviathan yeah. and I can't believe I didn't see it what's well, the Deep other Rising one on, Deep on, Star 6 Deep Rising yeah Deep Rising to me is like oh my god I love Deep Rising dude Deep Rising is so good I I I you and I were talking about during the summertime and I forgot it I had just sitting up on the shelf still sealed from when I got it how many months before that and I cracked it up in a wash. I'm like, oh my gosh, this movie's so good. And that, is that the last time Botine did anything? I think so. I think that's. I think that was yeah. kind of it, dude. Is that the greatest last line ever? Now what? Yes. <laughs> it's exactly. It's so perfect, oh. dude. Yeah. Deep rising. Damn it. Yeah, man. All right. Well, so this is kind of we'll wrap it up. Um, this time, uh, next week, you're gonna know who the Super Bowl champs yep. are. Um, and and you'll have and, seen Juliana uh, Hatfield week. tonight. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping I can carve out some time. I don't know. I'm just, the good thing is El Rey is a GA uh, uh, venue. So I don't, if I go decide to go at the last minute. Oh yeah, totally. Be good to it's, go. Yeah, there'll be tickets. It was general admission here as well. So yeah, man, you should get out if yeah. you can, dude. Yeah, you'll dig it. Seeing that set list, I'm really, I'm, I'm super eager. Cause like in, again, the covering four police songs and two of them, Two of the four are more obscure. Hell, one of the, you know, Can't Stand Losing You. Not a lot of people don't know that. A lot of people don't know anything. Other than the hits. Um, from the first yeah. two albums. Yeah, it's, yeah. So it. I'm glad she didn't cover the real obvious ones. Yeah. I'm excited. And once I saw that playlist and, I, and the layout of it, and I'm like, oh, good. So I can get used to, because, you know, me, like we talked about before, I don't, I'm not that familiar with her stuff. I only, up until we started talking about it, 
her. I only have some, I only have one song of her in my entire collection and that's on the craft. Soundtrack. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, what's funny about it is you get a, it, it's a, it's a perfect retrospective of her career that set, you know, and, and it's weird, dude. Yeah. It kind of flipped me out that it spans 30 years, right. 1990 that's to 2000. <laughs> so wrong. put that in your pipe. Dude, I got, and smoke I got, it. and again, you're going to hear me talk about it again. This August, Star Wars Celebration is in Anaheim, returns to Anaheim, and I'm taking Joey. He's going to be in school for a week and a half, two, no, two weeks, and I'm taking him out of school that Friday because I, I couldn't get Saturday tickets. And today I got an email, you know, reminding people, hey, these new these uh, exclusive shirts are available for a celebration. Uh, let this sink in for you. The 40th anniversary of Empire Strikes Good Back. God. Ugh. <laughs> uh, that I know, totally dude. Hurts. I was just like, "Oh my god!" Ugh. If you asked me forty years ago, dude, <laughs> when I saw Empire Strikes Back, where I would be in my life, this is—I I, none of the stuff in my life is has turned into is something I would have been thinking about. I would have been thinking about, wait, what comes after Empire Strikes Back? That's what I was thinking of after I walked out of Empire. Me too. I, I want to watch it again. I went to a fucking pizza party because uh, I think I saw the movie in the morning. Then I had a little league game in the afternoon, and I went to a pizza party after that. And I remember somebody saying, "Hey, man, you know it's going to be four years before we get another movie." And I was like, "Oh, come on, they're not going to four years? Get real." So if you want to follow us on social media, you can follow Corey on Twitter at Corey Culp or the official at Karate Pod. You can follow Freddie Waff at Raven Shattuck on Twitter and Rock and Roller 33 on your Instagram. Hope you won some money in the Super Bowl. Pow. Wait, that's not until next week. <laughs> next week, I hope you win some money on the Super Bowl. 